Well, hello and welcome to this podcast from the Diocese of Gloucester, part of a series in which members of the Bishop's staff team are coming together to have conversations about life in these strange times, reflecting together on how this pandemic is affecting us and talking about our faith and about how it sustains us in times of uncertainty. My name is Phil Andrew and I'm the Archdeacon of Cheltenham and today I'm going to be in conversation with the Bishop of Gloucester, Rachel Trewick. Bishop Rachel, it's very good to be with you, even though it's only virtually. <laughs> very good to be with you, Phil. So I, I see your role as Bishop of Gloucester quite at quite close hand, and you wear a lots of different hats. You have a huge variety of roles, whether it's as the Bishop of Gloucester, whether it's in the civic part of Gloucestershire, in the House of Bishops, in the House of Lords, with charities, a whole host of areas. Just give us a, a little bit of a flavour about how all those different roles have been changed and challenged mm. in this period of lockdown. Mm. Well, it's certainly a strange days we're living. And I, I guess one of the things, my reflection is that we haven't had any planning time. So we've had to be making it up as, as we go along. Um, I can certainly say if you'd said to me a few years ago that one day I'd be sitting um, in the House of Lords virtually, um, having a debate or asking questions, I, I would have um, would have fallen around laughing. So that's been a, a lot to get used to. Um, I guess what, what I've really reflected on is, is how important relationships are at this time. So as you know, we've been involved in uh, this Feeding the 5000 um, programme project across the diocese. And one of the things that struck me with that is because um, I and we across the diocese have got really good relationships in the public square and with charities and organisations. We were able to uh, to network really quickly. So that's been really important um, to me. I guess I'd also say that in this time, there is a lot coming at me, coming at us in different directions. So um, every day there are things coming in. I've just come out of a House of Bishops meeting, in fact, over Zoom. Uh, the House of Bishops meeting a lot more, which has been really important uh, in decision making. Um, I've mentioned the House of Lords, uh, different charities and organisations coming to me, to us uh, for support, which has been really good. And then, of course, a really important leadership um, across the diocese as we support our, our worshipping communities and how they're engaging. And I think one of the challenges is to know what to be paying attention, attention to at any one time. I mean, I don't know about you, but it, it's been important to notice how we're feeling um, each day. I mean, that's one of the questions I think I'd, I'd love to ask you as, as Archdeacon, how you've noticed your thoughts and feelings changing from day to day. I think um, personally, uh, very up and down. And I think that's, there's almost a cycle to it. At the end of the day, I mean, I think you probably have more Zoom meetings in a day than I do, but sometimes I am so Zoomed out by the end of the day and you think, I, I don't know what's happened in which meeting uh, as you look back. Um, personally, there's, there are senses of loss. I mean, personally, my, my mother-in-law died a couple of weeks ago. Her funeral is, is, is this week, actually. Um, and that's added to that sense of not being able to see family is, is really difficult for, for Sue and I. Um, I'm also, because my wife works locally and is a GP, she's going off to work. And if I'm really honest, I'm a bit jealous that she gets in the car and goes somewhere. And I, I see lots of people, but I don't see them in the flesh. And, and I, I find that quite difficult. And uh, the, the loss of connection with family as well 
is is having an impact and then sometimes actually you realize just how much you've got to be grateful for uh, when you see what's happening in so many other parts of the world and in this country as well uh, mm -hmm. so it's trying to trying to keep perspective i think is very difficult i think that's really helpful um that keeping perspective because you know like like you um it's all those different spheres of our lives isn't it so um you're very aware you've had had a bereavement and all that goes with that in in normal times but in this time how hard that is um my my mother um has been has been very ill during this time and been in hospital and and that sense of not being able to go and see people um and one thing you said there i found really helpful that i hadn't thought of before when i was just commenting on all the different aspects of life and you just said, you know, when you've been in different Zoom meetings, sometimes at the end of the day, not not being aware almost of what was said in what meeting. And you've just made something click for me, which is that actually usually when we're having these different meetings and different conversations, we'd be in different spaces. Yeah. And actually we're having all the meetings and all the conversations about everything from one place and one screen. Um, probably people listening to this will be saying, have you only just clicked to that? But just when you said that there, that I found that really helpful. Um, and there's something about moving from space to space that helps us process what we're about to do, but also what we've just done. And I think for me, even normally I'm driving hundreds of miles often a week and, and I'm not doing any of that. But actually, that does give you time to prepare and to think about what it is you're going to and then to think about it as you leave it. Yeah. Yeah. And I certainly um, that's something that I, you know, I have really been aware of, even if it's just walking between um, Bishop's Court and the office. That's a really important time for me to be noticing, to be reflecting. Um, so I have tried to to build a bit more of that in. Uh, very fortunate, you know, we have a lovely garden here and I I know the garden much better than I ever did. I have to say it doesn't look any better, but it looks worse, it's overgrown, but actually noticing things. And that's been really important to me to notice each present moment, um, how I'm feeling, what I'm thinking in each present moment. And that is harder if you don't have space between things. So I, I do resonate, but I just found that really helpful, that idea that all the different aspects of life are all happening in one place. So thank you for that, that comment. Pleasure, pleasure. And we all need a, a, a sort of a pressure relief valve, don't we really? I mean, if you, you're, you, it's the garden, is it, or? Yes, for me, I think, as you know, um, I get up very early in the morning and that's really important for me i love getting up when it's quiet um it's no longer dark but it's quiet and often i will go out into the garden i'm very fortunate i have I have the chapel here at bishop's court it's a very good place for me to be quiet to pray i find that in the garden as well just having those early hours at the start of the day um really grounds me and then i find suddenly it's early morning and then I don't know about you, but I've just found the days have just shot by. Um, so it's been important to get out for that walk and uh, yeah. But yeah, And to actually put that into the diary almost, isn't it? I mean, for me, I think going for a run is where I suddenly feel, ah, uh, there's something about it. But I feel, uh when I start because I'm of that age. But by the time I come back, I think I'm so glad I did that. Uh, it just gives me a different perspective.
I, I can't pretend I've been running, but <laughs> and and I wonder if we could just think a little bit about faith as well in this time. Mm. I mean, do you think this where you are at the moment? Do you think it's challenging your faith? Is it stretching it? How, how, people, I think, would be interested to know. You know, what what what, what does it feel like? Mm. I think I'd go back to that comment I just made about living in each present moment. I'd be much more aware of the of the having to live in in the now. Um, do I feel it's challenging my faith? Um, not in terms of you know, is it raising huge new questions about faith? I think for me, one of the the phrases I've used a lot in conversation and prayer with people has been that that real. Um, experience of the unchanging love and faithfulness of God when everything else is is changing around us I think it's made me reflect uh, differently on on what it means to be the body of Christ and what it means for us to be the church because as we sit now in the present in these unexpected times it it's really um, enabling me to to look back and look forward with new eyes I guess I'm very aware in reading scripture, particularly, um, for example, at morning prayer, you know, we've been living with the the people of Israel in the wilderness. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I've reflected a lot on that. It's strange how the lectionary often leads you uh, to those places, isn't it? Um, and then also in the gospel reading Christ's, Christ's ministry, and actually being deeply aware of how unexpected that was for Christ's first followers. And we've become so familiar with those gospel stories, but actually living now in these unexpected times, I'm thinking, gosh, you know, that's how it was yeah. for Christ's first followers, not, not knowing um, what's coming, coming next. Um, not sure if that answers your question. But yeah, no, I think that's interesting. And, and in their context, I guess, so so many of our certainties wouldn't have been there at all. I mean, really, the whole question of mortality and how long you will live and whether you'd mm. see see the next few weeks mm. would be a very different one, wouldn't they? Whereas we've lived with so much certainty. I I think one for me, one of the things is this stripping away of certainty and mm. suddenly something we can't control despite all the advan all the advantages and the wealth we've got in our world today and there's a fine line perhaps between almost giving up and acceptance and being able to say actually i can't do anything so i simply have to to trust mm. and that, that's that's something that's i guess for me a, 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 a tension you know that i i i'm someone who quite likes to be in the driving seat. Uh, I'm sure you haven't noticed that ever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. but, but yeah. So you can't do anything and you have to say, Lord, I, I just have to trust you in these difficult times and uh, hold things before you. Yes, and I, I would say, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? And we were aware of so much pain and suffering and death and bereavement at the moment. So I I found it quite difficult to use that word opportunity because it sounds a bit glib. Mm. And yet I want to say that some of those things about the, the unexpected nature, the, the really letting go into God, I've, I've actually found quite exciting, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, that sense, I think often um, as Bishop and, and as an Archdeacon, we spend a lot of time 
trying to get across the message about what does it mean for us to be church? What does it look like, you know, in our lives? What does it look like in our communities? And that's always quite hard to do when we're used to the familiar. Yeah. And suddenly that's all changed. And, and it feels like people are willing to look at things in a different way. I, I was joking, saying to my husband Guy last night, you know, that some of the things that we've had to do or that we've talked about, if this had been uh, pre this time, there would have been a lot of sucking of teeth and a, oh, not sure we can do that. Let's set up five committees and then we'll, we'll see what we do. Yeah. But we've just had to um, to respond. You've heard me say, you know, I think we did a lot of reacting to begin with responding and and just struck again about how that was for the disciples. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a there's early days. Yeah. And something you just said about you said a little earlier about the unchanging nature of God is is in a time of so much uncertainty, you do need some solid ground. And, and for me, I think that, that, that is solid ground, isn't it? Sometimes people think faith is airy-fairy, but actually I think it is, it really is secure ground when everything else seems to be sort of shifting sand. This week, I noticed in the church's calendar, we celebrate Ascension Day. Uh, in some parts of the church that's well celebrated in some parts it's something that we almost trip over and almost miss uh, i wonder if you would like to reflect with us on what ascension means to you mm-hmm. how long have we got <laughs> i'll try, I'll try and do just a few brief comments and then you can um you can respond to particularly if there's anything it says to us today in the situation yes. I mean, I'm interested in what you, where you started, because I do always felt that Ascension Day, because it always falls on a Thursday, uh, you know, um, and, and so it does often feel it, it's that really key point that we, um, we skate over. And yet for me, it's so important, as we talk about the risen Christ, again, the unexpected nature. Here were the disciples who thought, oh, Jesus is dead. We didn't think that was going to happen. Oh, no, he's alive. Fabulous. We can now get back to how it was. Oh, no. Now something else is going to happen. Um, and there they are watching Jesus ascend. And at one level, there's something slightly almost embarrassing, was comic, isn't there, about that idea of Jesus going up. And yet um, I've been thinking about this for the now. You know, I've said again and again that for me, the messages of simplicity, clarity and solidarity are really important as we live this. And it struck me, in fact, just yesterday that in a way, this was a very simple message that God was living. Yes, heaven isn't up there in the sky, but it was actually revealing something, giving a very clear message of of Jesus who has been named as king on earth, um, returning to be with God the Father and us waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And that sense of here is now Christ as king, as Lord over all the earth that he his ascension and and for me in this time um just that being really important is that passage from colossians about uh, christ being the head of all all things holding together in christ and just those disciples watching christ ascending that would have given even though they were confused quite a clear message this was another time of change and christ had said to them the holy spirit will come to be with you in every place at every time um and there was this mystical yeah. uh, mystical but strange confusing uh, and that's just speaking to me in lots of different ways at the moment not least about the mystery of god but 
but Christ being Lord over all. So those are just some of my thoughts. But yeah. how, I mean, how about you, Phil? Yeah, I think just reflecting again on the fact that the Christian story is full of what look like endings that turn mm. out to be beginnings. Yeah. Um, and that happens, doesn't it, when in, in the incarnation, when Jesus, when God becomes one of us, there's a huge amount of letting go in order to pick something up. And then he lets go of his life in order to bring resurrection. And, and, and I can see the disciples like me wanting to hold on to Jesus and say, no, no, you can't go. And he in John 16, I think it is, he says, he says, it would be good for you that I go. And, and they must think that's impossible. How? So and, and yet somehow i don't know quite how it works but actually we can't receive the gift of the holy spirit today without jesus ascension yeah. so it is although it doesn't look like a good news story it actually in the long term is and i think there's something perhaps about saying again that that trusting god to say yeah there's all sorts of terrible things about this pandemic and i, I wouldn't minimize any of that and i know and many of people listening to this will know that the agony of that but in the whole Christian story, we have this absolute assurance from God that what looks terrible can be turned into hope. And mm. that there is hope even in the things we long most to hold on to, letting go of them mm. and, and being able to receive. Um, yeah. And that, you have to be careful. Like you said already, you don't have to be too glib about that. But it is, I think, I think it gives that sense of hope within the, the pain. Um, mm. Yeah, I'd really, really echo that. And, and again, within that, um, knowing that there's the mystery of God, you know, when you were talking about uh, the clinging on, you know, and Jesus saying to the disciples, you know, I'm not going to stay with you, I'm going. I've thought a lot about um, Mary Magdalene in the, you know, on the morning of resurrection yeah. and her suddenly thinking, yes, it's all back to normal. And, and then Jesus saying, don't cling on to me. Yeah. You know, I haven't yet ascended, and and um, and yet, you know, I'm going to uh, my God and your God. So again, that sense of solidarity in all of this, but it being such mystery, what you know, what was he talking about? Mm -hmm. And yet, that absolutely in all that mystery and all the things we don't understand, that that assurance that that God is God, and and God is working God's purposes out, and it can sound so glib. But um, but it's what I really really hold on to. And very, this is going to sound um, quite trite. But I'm reflecting a lot on the uh, you know ascension, meaning up, very obviously. And so often we say you know what goes up must come down. And there's a sense me we talked a lot about the up and down of life this week, and uh, thinking actually here is here is God who says is the up and down and up, and then the Holy Spirit will come down. But the thing about and all of that, that up and down of our lives actually is is mm. God, God's love and God's faithfulness and and it, and the Holy Spirit coming upon us and all of what that means for mm. us now in this time. Um, but but not denying the pain. And I don't think Jesus followers didn't deny that pain in in those early days. No. We probably ought to wrap up a good bit of Newtonian physics to come to an end there. <laughs> I think the only other thing I would add is that, that I'm also thinking a little bit about presence. You know, what mm. disciples didn't want to lose Jesus' presence, but actually they got his presence mm. in bucketfuls mm. by letting go of some of it. Yeah. And at the moment, one of the things I'm missing 
is the physical presence of people and and so just praying that i'll experience afresh the real presence of uh, of god through his spirit it's been really really good to talk to you i wish we could talk more of course we can talk more um but perhaps we could just finish with it with a prayer for the moment thank you gracious god we thank you for the gift of your presence with every one of us we pray in these difficult times these times of pain and anguish for so many times of uncertainty of fear that we bishop rachel and i and everybody listening to this podcast in fact all of us might sense afresh your presence in new ways your love and your hope in place of despair we pray this through our lord and savior jesus christ amen amen thank you very much indeed bishop rachel good to talk to you thank you, thank you.